Father, we thank you this morning that we can be here in your presence and, and just know that, God, you know about every one of us. You know our deepest needs today. You know our hurts. You know our praises. We ask that your spirit today would so fill this place. every one of us leaves here in a few moments we can say indeed it was good to be in the house of the Lord Father it's not by our words or by our might or our power it's by your word by your spirit thus says the Lord that anything happens so Father we pray for your presence here we pray for your people here we thank you because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us that indeed we're no longer slaves but you call us your friends what great hope what great joy what great assurance and peace that gives us a day to know that we're loved by the creator the sustainer of the universe and so father we thank you that you promise that you will be here we promise you promise that God that you will have your way in and through us today and we thank you for that bless these your people father we pray this in Jesus name amen well as you can see I'm not brother Jim might be better looking <laughs> not younger but <laughs> but anyway we're glad to be here but brother Jim's on vacation should be back uh, Tuesday evening sometime or Wednesday, depending on a few things, but uh, they're having a good time in Colorado, so we're glad to be able to be here. Is there any more light right here? I, as I said, I'm old, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm not able to hit my head right there on that, looking down that. But anyway, uh, he's doing a series of messages on the Ten Commandments, uh, you know, set free to live free, and uh, he didn't give me a whole lot of help in preparing this, and uh, I haven't uh, preached since I preached here last, which has been quite a long time, so I may have some rust, uh, you know, on me, but uh, hopefully we'll get through this and we can all endure. But as we begin, I want you to do something for me again, a little out of usual maybe, but I want you just to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Uh, I'm not going to steal your wallet, <laughs> so you're safe, but close your eyes. And as your eyes are closed, I want you to think of the face of your mother and then I want you to hear these words honor your mother now I want you to think of the face of your father and hear these words honor your father if you're a parent I want you to think of the face of each of your children and ask yourself this question. Do they honor me? Okay, you can open your eyes. I think you can feel the complexity of what we're up against today as we talk about honoring your parents. For some of you, when you thought of the face of your mother or your father's face, you know, as that came to mind and what it means to honor them, it probably was fairly easy, real easy. 
because they love Jesus, uh, you love Jesus, they loved you, and if you were to give testimony, you'd stand and say, you know what, they, they were the best people that I know. My mother or my father, you know, the influence they had in my life, I will never forget any of that. But for others of you here today, that might have been a devastating few moments in your life because it wasn't so good. And concerning some of your children, some of them, if you've got multiple children, for some you might have been encouraged. <laughs> and for others, you might have been very concerned, just to say the least. As G Pastor Jim is leading you through this series of messages on the Ten Commandments, uh, what we're looking at this morning is simply honoring your parents. And as we deal with this, the text comes from Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. It's actually just one verse. And it says, honor your father and mother. The Apostle Paul picked up on this, writing to the church at Ephesus in chapter 6 and verse 2, when he says this, honor your father and mother. This is the first of the Ten Commandments that ends with a promise. You see, not all of the commandments have promises with them, uh, but this one does. And this is the promise. If you honor your father and mother, you will live a long life full of blessing. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read scripture and I come across some verses and it's a promise from God, I like those. I really do. I get excited when I said, this is a promise that God, the creator of the universe, sustainer of the universe, that he's making. You can take that one to the bank, okay? It's not like a lot of our promises. Well, I'm, I meant to keep it, but I didn't. He's going to keep it. For example, all of you know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's a promise of God. Now, there's a key word in that verse, though. It's a little tiny word, if. Anytime you read the word if in the scripture, it's a condition. It's a condition clause. And usually it's kind of like if and then. If you believe in Jesus, then you're going to have eternal life. So believing faith is necessary to have eternal life. This promise in this Ten Commandment is a condition. He says, if you honor your father and mother, he says, you're going to live a long life full of blessing. Anybody here want to be blessed? Anybody here want to be blessed by God? I mean, I think that's why you're here, probably. <laughs> so why in the world does God give this command? Out of all of the commands of the Big Ten... One of those is to honor your father and your mother. It's that important. So you have to say, why is it that important? Let me just give you a couple, three quick things. You're taking notes, hopefully. Everybody's got pens and pencils. Write these down. It'll help you remember later. Number one, every parent is flawed. F-L-A-W-E-D, you're flawed. Your parents are flawed. Their parents are flawed. If you're a parent, you're flawed. If you have kids, they're going to be flawed too. There are no perfect parents. And so that does not give anyone the honor, or what we're supposed to do, it's no excuse to not honor the position. Amen? I mean, they may be bad, but the position of parenthood is to be honored. Everyone is flawed. All of us. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am flawed. Now to make you feel better, better turn to them again and say, and you're flawed too. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd like that one better. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you think I'm bad, look at the guy sitting beside me. Number two, real quick, I wouldn't be alive without them. 
Okay, duh. You see, I'm deep. I want you to know something. When I preach, I'm deep. If it wasn't for my mom and dad, I wouldn't be alive. Duh. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of obvious. And it doesn't matter if your parents were good. It doesn't matter if they were bad or they were indifferent. It's irrelevant. God used them to create you. And that's right along with the third thing right here is God chose their DNA to make me unique and to make you unique. How many of you have said this or heard it said? I don't know who said it originally. Flip Wilson or not wasn't him. Uh, Bill Cosby, somebody, I don't know. Somebody said it anyway, and I stole it. I like to use it. How many of you ever said this or heard it said, I brought you into this world and I can take you out? Yeah, you think it's original you, right? And sometimes you might add on to that, I'll make another one just like you. <laughs> Ain't making that mistake again. <laughs> Did that once, we'll make a different one, but hopefully it's not just like you because I took you out. All that saying is, we are all unique. Psalm 139.13 says, God knit me together in my mother's womb. You think of that verse. You know what that's saying? God was there at the point of your conception. And he was intimately involved in the development of your body and your mind and your personality when you were inside your mother's womb. And it says, and recorded every day of my life before I was born. Wow. God had a plan for each and every one of us in this room today before you were born. Not just my little personal bias. Press. I won't be back next week so you don't have to like it. Uh, that's why abortion is wrong okay it short circuits the plan of God at conception there is a person you at conception it was you at conception you were formed intimately by God in your mother's womb you're not an accident I don't care what you think about yourself there are no accidental children there's some accidental parents no illegitimate children. There's some illegitimate parents, but no illegitimate babies. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. He was intimately involved. I had young people ask me many times, why, why did God give me the parents that he gave me? And I'll tell you why. Because they had the exact DNA that was necessary to create you. No two other individuals. You wouldn't be alive. You realize that? You exist today because of your mother and your fathers, if, and your father. If it wasn't for them, you would not exist. So think of this. God was more interested in creating you than he was in their parenting skills. Hmm. Yeah. Whether they're good or bad. Whether they were terrible parents. Whether they were absentee parents. Whether they hurt you badly in your life. The bottom line is, you would not exist today without their DNA. And God allowed that to happen so that you would be you. Now, we're not all moms and dads. There's probably some people in the room today who would like to be a mom or a dad, but it hadn't happened and it may not happen. Circumstances have not allowed that. But guess what? Everyone in the room had a dad and had a mom. Every one of us. And the Bible says we're to honor our fathers. We are to honor our mothers. So let's take a look at it today as we think about this honoring parents today. All kinds of parents. Let's honor them. Biological parents, step-parents, single parents, adoptive parents, foster parents, spiritual parents. A lot of parents. 
Now, I asked Peggy because, you know, she has great parents, and Brother Jim has great parents. And I asked her, I said, what should I say this week about parents? And she said three things. Be sincere, be short, and be seated. (laughs) So in conclusion, (laughs) anyway, before we dismiss, let's take a few moments and look at some things how we can honor parents. At each stage of your life, your relationship to your mother and your relationship to your father, it changes. You have one relationship when you're a child. You have a different kind of relationship once you become a teenager or a young adult. And then that relationship changes once you become an adult, adult to adult. So what does the Bible have to say about each of those relationships? So here we are, Roman number two. We're moving right along, aren't we? We will slow down. (laughs) How do I honor my parents at each stage? First of all, as a child, I honor my father and my mother by obeying them. Very simple. Just obey them. It's kind of obvious. It's what the Bible says. We honor them by obeying them, by doing what they ask, by following instructions. Here it is. Obey. That's it. Do it willingly. Do it cheerfully. Do it immediately. Why? Because honoring your parents in obedience honors God. So if you want to honor God, obey your parents. Ephesians 6.1 says this. Children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. Authority. You know what? One of the most important skills, parents, that you can teach your children growing up is this issue of authority. And I don't see a lot of it nowadays. It kind of saddens me. There's no authority at home. There's there's not honor and there's disrespect of the parents by children. There's not any at school. There's not any in the workplace. It seems like we've lost. And here's the deal. I said we're all flawed, right? So a lot of these people that have a position of authority of over you, you know a lot of them. Some come around. Are they flawed? Yeah. But do they, can they tell you what you need to do that you don't necessarily agree with? But what do you do? They're the boss. <laughs> And so I do it. So if you don't teach your child that, they're going to have a hard time making it through life. At school, in the workplace, there has to be authority. And God has set up authority for the home. He set up a place of authority in the church and in our government. And they all have all kinds of different roles in our life. But a kid who grows up with not a respect for authority is definitely in trouble. Secondly, as a young adult, when I become a teenager... How, what do I do? Well, first of all, you honor your parents by respecting them. Leviticus 19.3, each of you must respect his father and mother. Hebrews 12.9 says, we respect our own parents for training and not spoiling us. Some people need to read that verse. <laughs> uh, you see, respect doesn't mean you don't see their weaknesses. It doesn't mean that. In fact, as you grow older, it becomes very obvious that they are flawed, just like you are. And by the time you're a teenager, all you see is the flawedness, not anything else. I mean, but then isn't it amazing, as you get older, they get smarter again? The parents do? I mean, you grow up and they say, oh, my dad can do anything. He's the strongest, smartest, best man you ever. Don't mess with my dad. Teenager, jerk, nerd, you know. You, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, you get through and say, hey, dad, we got this kid that came along. Uh, got any ideas? Warned you about it, son. Sorry. 
<laughs> and then as you get in the older years, like, you know, my dad, my mom, they were the smartest people that ever lived. Isn't it amazing? So what does it mean to respect in spite of their flaws? It means you accept them. It means you forgive them. Accepting and forgiving is part of honoring. It's a part of respecting. The good, the bad, realizing that God gave them to you and you accept them. I can guarantee you, you know, in a room this size, someone is saying, why should I accept my parents? Especially if you had that negative thought when you remembered them at the start of, this, of the message. Why should I accept them? I didn't have a choice in who my parents would be. Newsflash, neither did they. <laughs> right? How many, any, any parents with multiple kids? In, you know, you don't have to raise your hand on this one. <laughs> How many of you have said, whew, if we'd have had that one first, <laughs> we wouldn't have had none anymore. <laughs> that would have been it. Whoa, no. This one's perfect, sleeps all night, eats everything, never poops, you know, everything, everything is wonderful. That next one came on, woo, what a little mess he is. Yeah, you know, that, that's what we do. You didn't, you know, parents didn't have a choice with you. Only ones who had a choice is if you're adopted, you're one of the special ones. You were chosen. Awesome. Respect means forgiving. You need to forgive your parents for their weaknesses and their faults. And you say, why? Well, because you're going to need for forgiveness also in your life because you're going to mess up just like they did. So you honor them as you grow into adulthood by respecting them. You don't disrespect them. Don't talk to them disrespectfully. You honor them by the way you speak to them. They are your father and your mother. You honor them in other ways by listening to them. It has a lot to say about this, the scripture does. Proverbs 13, 1. I'm not making it up. Intelligent children. All of us are children in the room, right? I said earlier, we all had a mom and dad. We're all children. How many of you want to be intelligent? Then listen to your parents. <laughs> Foolish children do their own thing. So, now let me say this. If you're in this adult stage, a young adult stage, you're going into that adulthood, you're not bound to follow your parents' advice if you're out on your own. You're out on your own. You're paying your own way. You're doing all that. You're not bound to obey what they say. But you are bound to listen respectfully. You hear that? There will never be a time in your life that you can be disrespectful of your parents, even if they're not the kind, living the kind of life that you want to follow. You know, I, I've counseled through the years some bad parents. Seriously. I mean, their life was a mess. I mean, in every imagination. But you know what I also found in that? No matter how bad it was, they still had some good advice to give to their kids. They still knew what their kids needed to hear so many times. It's kind of like the old adage, even the broken clock's right twice a day. You know, so they, they, they can get it right every once in a while, you know, if just by accident. So just because your mom or your dad didn't have it all together, doesn't mean they don't have some wisdom that they can impart to you. One girl told me one time, well, when my mom gets it all together, then I'll listen to her. Well, that's not going to happen because you're not going to ever have it all together either. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 22, listen to your father's advice. Don't despise your mother's experience. You see, God gave you your parents for a purpose. 
that you had become the person that he intended for you to be. When I was four years old, uh, I witnessed the, the murder of my mother. When I was 14 years old, uh, my absentee alcoholic father died suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 42. So a lot of my memory of them, especially mother, you know, about four, you know, and the father, all those memories when you say, you know, think of that picture, not necessarily good. A lot of stuff that, you know, don't need to go there and do all that. Not good stuff. But Pastor Jim's uh, and Peggy's mom and dad, uh, Gwen, Bill Ryan, literally at that stage of my life, uh, God placed them in my, or me, in their past, so to speak, so that they literally became mom and dad. And when I speak of them, that's the way I do. It's mom and it's dad. And here's, here's the interesting thing. They're the ones that had the greatest influence in my life. Uh, you say, how? Well, he literally led me to Jesus. He literally made me come to his office as a teenage boy for an hour every week and make me memorize Bible verses. Went, Man, this Christian thing is a tough load, you know. <laughs> uh, he discipled me. He mentored me. He literally coached me to become a follower of Jesus, uh, later to be a, a husband, a father, and even ultimately uh, preparing me to be a pastor for all those years. They literally became, to me, mom and dad. So they didn't officially, legally adopt me, but they did. But I didn't know if the deal was totally sealed, so I just went ahead and married their daughter. <laughs> just so they couldn't back out. You know, so I can kind of make sure I'm a part, I'm in the group, you know. And Proverbs, Proverbs 6.20 says this, Do what your father tells you. Never forget what your mother teaches you. Keep their words with you always locked in your heart. Listen to this. Their instructions will lead you, protect you, and advise you. Their instructions are like a lamp. In other words, when you're going through those dark paths, their advice, their instruction will help you through those dark days that you're trying to do this thing called life. Their corrections can teach you how to live. How many can say amen that about your parents? Amen? That, that's what it is. They'll lead you. They'll protect you. They'll advise you. And, you know, some, some of our young people today, they think, oh, my mom and dad, they're such killjoys. They don't want you to have any fun. They're just so restrictive. A lot of people don't want to come to God because they say the same thing. Oh, God, the big God in the sky, you know, he's got these Ten Commandments. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's all God wants you. The church tells you don't do this, don't do that. Listen to me. When God gives you something like that, it's not to restrict you. It's to protect you. Set free. To live free. He wants to set you free. Parents, all of your parents, don't run in the street. You're such a killjoy. And you'll be roadkill if you do. You know, no, you don't do that to restrict them from not having happiness. As your role as a parent, it's to love them, protect them, to lead them, it says, and to advise them is what's best in their life. This will hurt you. 
And God gives us things over and over in his word that says, as my child, don't go there. It's not to restrict you from having a fulfilled life. It's so that you will have a fulfilled life. And one of the things he says you need to do is honor your father and your mother by respecting them, by listening to them. Now we're in the third stage, you know, as a grown adult. What does the Bible have to say about this adult-to-adult relationship? That's where most of us are, I think, here in the room today. Well, here's what you do, first of all. You appreciate them. You honor them by appreciating them. Proverbs 23, 22 says, When your mother is old, show her your appreciation. But why should I appreciate my parents? There's a thousand things that we could talk about and give you, but I want to give you two. That way we'll get out quicker. <laughs> Number one, just appreciate their efforts. Their efforts. How many of you in the room would agree parenting is difficult? Amen? It's difficult. How much you agree it's time-consuming? Yeah, it takes some time, doesn't it? And it's demanding. You get to the end of the day and just go, finally, a little break. You all could give testimony of that. Have you ever thought about, if you, you know, about your parents and, and just appreciating them for what they did and the effort they put forward? You know what? How much easier their life might have been if they didn't have you? I mean, seriously. It's kind of like having a dog. I got to let the dog out. I got to let the dog in. Got to feed the dog. Got to water the dog. Got to walk the dog. You know, now, I'm not saying your kids are dogs, you know. But when was the last time that you thanked your parents? Really simple. All of you can do this. I just want to thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> You know, all those, any of you, no, you didn't. Yeah, you did. Because you all confessed. Confession is good for the soul, but not the reputation. And all of you confessed earlier, you were flawed. You're all flawed. Any of you ever do any stupid stuff? And, you, and your parents go, whose kid are you? You, I, you can't be my kid and do something that stupid. Yeah, we can. We got your DNA. <laughs> God made me from you. You ever say, you're just like your mama. You're just like your daddy. You know, yeah, it is, except the good parts. <laughs> so another thing is, is you appreciate them for their sacrifice. Their sacrifice. Parenting is expensive. Anybody want to give a testimony? I, I had to do, Brother Jim let me know last Sunday as he is leaving out at at the last day, oh, by the way, or he was leaving his house. He said, by the way, you got to do the servant service. I said, I thought I was preaching on Ten Commandments. i got to preach on servant? And he said, oh, it's a service for those who are working over there. You know, so he goes over there every Sunday. You may not know this. And he kind of does the outline for the, the servants that are working over there before the service so that they, they have it. And so I asked over there because I didn't know how much a box of Pampers cost. And the guy said, Fifty-something dollars just for somebody to and throw away? <laughs> Here, use this $10 bill, you know. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Back in the day, some of we used the cloth ones. We, we, you know, we recycled them. <laughs> you know, they, they were reusable. But I went, $50 for a box of Pampers? That's probably a small box. <laughs> 
But, you know, it's expensive. I did a little research. I went online, and I found that in 2017, this is the average. If you make lots of money, you'll spend more. If you make less, you'll spend less. But the average to get a kid from birth to 18, not private school, this is just the stuff to get them there, approximately $250,000. My kids owe me immensely. I had two. They go ahead and give me the 500 grand. I'll take care of the rest of the days of my life. They won't have to worry about it. We'll call it even. What do you think? Some of you had like five. Yeah, yeah. Now I know why. You're calling it in, I can tell. And so I also asked Alexa. You know, she's an authority. She's right up here, WikiLeaks, you know. Uh, you know, like I said, that other stuff didn't kill him college. And I said, you know, how about all of that? And she says, that is incalculable. <laughs> you know, you know the, what she's saying is, you know, there's those boomerang kids. You throw them out and they come back, you know. And they said, we don't know how much that's going to cost you, but a lot. You know, when couples chose to have a kid, they're making an, undesel- an unselfish decision. You really are. Uh, And today, a lot of people are choosing not to have children based upon a selfish decision, basically material. You know, I can buy a new car. I can have better clothes. We can have a nicer house. We can take nicer vacations. So to choose to have children is an unselfish decision. You're going to put a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of demands, a a lot of money into that. You're going to have a lot of grief. (laughs) You really are. But they're great rewards in being a parent, isn't it? All you parents say, worth every penny of it. Worth every penny of it. But, but let, me, let me give you my definition of a parent. It's someone who has photos where they used to have money. <laughs> Amen? You used to have a lot of money, but now you got a lot of photos. Hey, this is my kids, you know? Anyway, it's unselfish. Bible says in Proverbs 23, 25, give your parents joy. You do that. You give your mom joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to appreciate them for their effort, for their sacrifice, and, and you know, and don't speak to them disrespectfully and, and all of those things and be supportive of them. As your parents get older, let me just tell you something because I'm getting there. Stephanie, you listening? My daughter's here, so I'm, you know, so, you know, got to get every shot you get. You know, uh, if your parents are still living today, I can assure you they have an intense need to know that you appreciate them, you know, and that they, they had an impact in your life. So express appreciation of them on a regular basis. Affirm them. You say, how do I do that? It's simple. Just stay in touch. Just stay in touch with them. You know, to honor them means to, to recognize the significance that they had in your life. You know, all you got to do there, make a phone call. Peggy calls her mom uh, in, in Texas every day. I mean, if she misses a day, it's rare. And her mother goes, you didn't call yesterday. <laughs> but it's rare. And talks for an hour. And a lot of times, about the same thing she talked about the day before. But you know what? She has an intense need for, just, for Peggy just to listen to them, to care about the details of her life and things that's going on with her. It helps them to feel like they're still important in your life. So you honor them first by appreciating them. And then here's lastly, 
You do that by providing for them. As time passes, the roles reverse. As your parents age, you start taking care of them. And this is the natural and the normal way to do it. They took care of you earlier in life. Now you take care of them later in life. That's natural and normal. And many of you probably in the room, if you give testimony, you've moved into this stage. And, you know, here's what I call this stage for some of you. I call it the sandwich generation. You know what the sandwich generation is? It means that you still have kids that you're providing over here, maybe your children, maybe your grandchildren, it may be foster children, whatever, and then on this side over here, your parents, because you know now they're living longer, and now they can't take care of themselves, so now you also have to take care of them, and you are sandwiched right in the middle. That's what's happened. Now, let's, ask, let's, let's deal with one other question here for the church. What about elderly women? that their husband has died and they're on their own. They have no children to provide for them. Who's supposed to care for these individuals? The Bible is very clear about this. In 1 Timothy 5, it says, Treat the older women as you would your own mother. Uh, so he's saying any older women that you have here in this body of believers, you treat them like your own mother. And treat the younger women in the church family as your own sisters. Now, as a pastor for many, many years, I literally have had thousands and thousands and thousands of spiritual sisters. I've had very few spiritual mothers because none of the women would admit to being that old. <laughs> 95-year-old, I'm a sister in the Lord. Very few mothers. But it says the church should care for any widow who has no one else to care for them. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness, it says. But how do you show godliness? I know you want to be a godly woman. You want to be a godly man. Here's how you do it. You take care of your parents. You see, your first responsibility to show godliness, hear this, is at home. That's the first place. It's not at work. It's not at the church. You show godliness first at home, and you repay your parents, if you will, by taking care of them. This, he says, is something that pleases God. How important is it? Well, let me just throw this out there. You're going to look at this in the next few weeks. It's right up there with murder and adultery. Honor your father and mother. Right there with it. Now, we know we're not supposed to commit adultery. We know we're not supposed to murder. But honor your father and mother before that. And it's a commandment with a promise that your life will be full of blessing and it'll be long. He says you take care of your parents and you honor them. As I said, Pastor Jim and Peggy's mom and dad became mom and dad to me. And as, as long as I'm able and have anything, I will do everything humanly possible to provide for their needs. Now, here's a deal that's kind of, you know, say, well, this is kind of confusing. You know, it says to provide for them. Now, how do you do that? Well, there, it, it depends on the circumstance and the situation. Some people say, oh, well, I'm moving in with you tomorrow. No, you're not. <laughs> it says provide for them. It doesn't say you have to do that. And, and Peg's uh, dad, Bill, is now in a convalescent hospital. He went in there a year or so ago. Uh, two years maybe, and her mom's at an assisted living place. Let me tell you something. They are in the best place humanly possible to be provided for. They are. 
I mean, because, you know, you get to a place sometimes that you need more care than we, you, are capable or qualified of providing for them. Say, well, but I'm going to have them at home. I'll never do that. Well, then you might not be providing for them the best way. You see what I'm saying? It's not cut and dried at this point. And another thing is, let me just say this. It's not, eh, Stephanie, eh, tune out. It, it, it's, it's not always just doing what your parent says you ought to do. I'm moving in with you. That's what I want. You know, well, okay. No. So it's not, it's not cut and dry. Hopefully that makes sense. Now I'm going to close with this. This commandment is a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Honor your father and mother. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, dying for your sin and for my sin, the Savior of the world, dying for all mankind, there's nothing more important than what he was doing on that day at that time. And on the cross, Jesus only said seven statements. But one of them had to do with his mother and the taking care of his mother after he was gone. He said things like this, you know, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. In other words, he's saying, they're all flawed. <laughs> We're all flawed. But Father, forgive them, because they, they don't always know what they're doing, even as parents, we don't know. And then he says at the very end of his time on the cross, he says, it is finished. Meaning for you and I that salvation is paid for. But right in the middle of all that, in John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 25 to 27, he looks down to John the disciple, the one the disciple the Bible says that he loved, and standing next to his mother Mary, John is, and he says this, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her, Mary, to his own home. What is Jesus doing? He's transferring, transferring care of his mother who was under his care because Mary was a widow. Joseph had died many years earlier. And so he's transferring care of his mother to his best friend. It is that important that we care for those that we leave behind or that are their aged parents, I should say. It's so important that Jesus modeled it while he was dying on the cross for your sins. And the Bible doesn't mince words about this. Listen to 1 Timothy 5, 8. If anyone doesn't care, take care of his own family, especially his immediate family, he's denied the Christian faith, and he's worse than an unbeliever. Whoa! That's pretty strong words. You want to honor God? You honor God when you honor the parents that God gave you to create you. Say it again. You honor God when you honor the parents that God used to create you. Whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. You wouldn't be you without your parents. It takes time. I want you to bow your heads with me, if you will, as we wrap up. It takes time. I want to close by saying a special word to some of you who had parents who hurt you deeply. If they did, I'm sorry for that. They may have hurt you physically. Maybe it started with alcohol and they became very irrational at times. 
Could have been they hurt you emotionally or maybe even sexually. And I want you to know the Bible, here's one of those promises. The Bible, Bible promises severe judgment on child abuse. It says it'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and dropped into the ocean than hurt a little child. Is that serious? So what does God expect you to do if you were hurt by your parents? He's not asking you to deny it. He's not asking you to repress it or excuse it. He's not asking you to ignore it as not being important. But he doesn't want you to fake it. He wants you to face it. I'm sure there's someone in this room today that you'd probably be carrying a large amount of hurt and pain because of some unfinished business with a mom or dad. And if you're carrying it, you're probably still reacting to the hurt that it caused. And more than likely, you're taking it out on either your spouse or your kids. And the truth is, that's not fair. It wasn't their fault. And if you don't talk it out to God, you will take it out on other people. And if you're still angry at your parent for something that happened years ago, something that they said or whatever, you need to release that anger because it will eat you up and it will ruin your relationships. So what I'm talking about is a very courageous thing to do. It takes courage to make peace with your parents. It really does. But I'd say to you today, stop running, stop hiding, stop blaming, stop excusing, and face the issues. You really need to be honest. You will honor your parent by being honest with them. You need to do something like this. You need to go to them when the time is right, after you prayed about it and God says, now's the time to go. And say simply, mom or dad or whoever it is, I want to be free to honor the good that you did in my life. But I can't. Until we deal with the pain of what happened. And you need to come to some kind of resolution and simply say, I want to go forward in a new relationship. But we must face the issues. If there's wrongs that need to be made, make them before it's too late. Stop the cycle. The Bible says clearly the truth will set you free. I would say this, only God knows how much you've been hurt. But only God has the power to heal that hurt. And it starts with being willing to face it instead of faking it. The Bible says in Psalm 27:10, my father and my mother may abandon me, but the Lord will take care of me. Your Heavenly Father who will never use you, He'll never abuse you, He'll never leave you, He'll never depart from you. And so He says, honor your father and mother. Father, today we pray for parents today. We had all confessed that none of us had perfect moms or dads. 
but we honor our parents because you chose them to create us. Jesus, you told us to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. So we ask today, God, that you comfort those with heartaches today. Those, as they think about parents today, they've lost their mothers. We ask you to comfort them. Those today, Father, who may have lost a child by miscarriage or death, comfort those parents. We pray for parents today, step-parents, who struggle with blending family. For those who have failed in trying to fulfill an adoption, comfort them. We pray for parents today who have broken relationships with children. For those who've been hurt deeply as a child, comfort these parents, Father. Comfort those who wanted to be parents, but it just hasn't happened. Wrap your arms around them. Give them your comfort. But at the same time today, we rejoice with those who rejoice. We celebrate with parents today. We celebrate with those today who've given birth this past year to a brand new child. Thank you for the joy of new life. We pray they'll get some sleep. We celebrate with those who've adopted children, foster kids who needed a loving home. We thank you today for grandparents who are taking care of grandkids. Thank you for parents who have served as spiritual parents to desperate need, to desperate teens, Father, just like Bill and Gwen. So today, we commit ourselves to honoring, to loving, protecting, and providing for fathers and mothers. We thank you today for the gift of parents. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. After that, I get to take an offering. You know, your offerings at Heart of the Canyons Church, that's another thing God says we need to do. We need to be faithful in our giving as stewards. Everything God's placed in your hands, it's yours because of God. Nothing you have, you know, I know, you say, oh, I worked hard, I earned it. Yeah, who gave you the brain to learn, to know things? Who gave you the ability to do those things? It, it's all, and let me just tell you something. If God gave it to you, he can take it away anytime he wants. He really does. I got good news for you. Uh, you know, the church, church always has needs. As a pastor, uh, our church always had needs, ministry needs. I mean, there's stuff always. And I know that your pastor doesn't talk about giving, so I will. <laughs> um, if you don't give, it's a spiritual problem. It is. I had a guy say, oh, that tithing stuff, that's Old Testament. I said, well, the New Testament teach. Everything belongs to God. Works for me. If you don't want to give 10%, you can go ahead and give 100. I have no problem with that. You know, go ahead. And I said, but you let me tell you something. If you won't give 10% to God, you won't give 100. And someone said, well, that's the law. Well, let me just tell you this. To let a Jewish person under the law to do what a saved person under grace won't do is a disgrace to grace. It really is.
So you know what? You need to give. Now we're going to take an offering. I'm going to have them count it real fast in the back. <laughs> Don't make me send these plates around again. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. You're a good bunch. I like it that you can laugh at yourself. You know, when you come to, to, to the church, you need to have fun. And you're a family, you know, and, and uh, you need to meet the needs of the family. And, you know, and, and so give. God loves a cheerful giver. Any grouches in the room? He'll also receive it from a grouch. <laughs> you just don't get the blessing from it. So give. Give, give like you mean it, man, you know? Just trust God. I could give you a lot of testimonies how God through the years took care of us when, you know, going, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, trust God, you know? He says in Malachi, trust me. He's, and then he says, test me. You know, it's one of the only places he says to test him is when it comes to giving. Test me and see if you're not faithful in this, if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out, pour out a blessing on you. Press down, shaking together. You won't even be able to contain it. You'd love to get excited as a Baptist and jump up and down and shout. Who knows? Anyway, Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the ministry of Heart of the Canyons Church. Father, may they give now, give joyfully, give cheerfully, give obediently. All to your praise and all to your glory. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. God bless you.